If you're looking for a cool hunting and fishing book series for a young reader, we found it. It's the award-winning book series called Lucky Luke's Hunting Adventures by author Kevin Lovegreen. These books are based on true adventures and are sure to captivate even the most reluctant readers. I mean, what outdoor-loving kid doesn't want to read about hunting and fishing? And they are AR-rated so your kids will get credit for them at school. These books are perfect for kids in kindergarten to sixth grade. You can check them out at kevinlovegreen.com. Trust me, your kids will thank you. On a personal note, we have this series and we absolutely love them. My boys Ransom and Valor eat these books up and I think your kids will love them too. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Well, welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I am excited to interview a gentleman that I've well, virtually met. He writes children's books about hunting and fishing. I get to interview author Kevin Lovegreen today. Kevin, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, we're going to pray, and then i got a bunch of questions for you, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time to be able to talk about hunting, fishing, writing, uh, and just get to get to know Kevin a little bit here this morning and just ask that you'd lead our conversation and that it would be just a, a delight for our listeners to hear and uh, that would encourage them. And Lord, we just trust you're going to lead. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Kevin. Well, would you, for the sake of my listeners, go ahead and tell us just a little bit about yourself. Tell us who you are, what it is you do, what brand of hat you're wearing right now, because uh, our listeners <laughs> need to know about that. And uh, just tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself so we know who you are. Not sure what brand of hat it is, but uh, somehow it's, uh, it's treated me well for the last nine years. Nice. Um, so I grew up in Minnesota. I'm a Minnesota guy, born and raised, and I was lucky enough to have two sets of grandparents that each had cabins in northern Minnesota. So I grew up hunting, fishing. I think my dad and people always ask, when was the first fish you ever caught? There's a picture of me about two years old holding my Snoopy rod up with a big sunfish at my cabin. So we were always in the woods. We were always fishing, swimming, water skiing. We were out an outdoors family. So my love for the outdoors started a long time ago. And it came from my grandparents, my aunt and uncles, and definitely my dad was a big outdoors guy. So we were, that's where it started. Now tell us what, now what it is, okay, you're a writer, but I'm sure you probably have a lot of irons in the fire. What is it that you've done for a career? And then tell us a little bit about your writing. We're going to get in more detail about your writing, but just tell us, you kind of give us an overview about that as well. So here's what happened with me. It's kind of a funny story. My grandparents started a company in 1948 and kids look at me and say, what? Yes, it was a long time ago. Well, it was a metal fabrication shop. So what we did is we built things out of steel. So 1948 was after the war. My grandpa was a really handy guy. So he created a company where he just built things and that company grew and grew and grew over the years. Uh, my brother and I started in the company. We were very young and that's what I did. So for 19 years, my brother, brother-in-law and I ran the company. Okay. Built conveyor systems, things that kids don't care about, metal things. <laughs> nine years ago, my brother came to me and said, you know what? He's a year and a half older than me and said, you know what? Why don't, we've been doing a long time together. How about I buy you out or you buy me out, but one of us should take this company and run. He always thought I'd want to do something different. Well, it wasn't an easy decision, but once I decided to do that, 
I sold my shares in the company and I was out of a job. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I needed something to do. So I yep. tell the kids when I go into schools that I hired a life coach. And all that means is I needed somebody. I was 42 years old. I was still young. I had a lot to offer, but I didn't know what I wanted to do because my whole life was metal fabrication. So one interview I had with a life coach, a lady asked me, what do I have her do this different than anybody else? And it's still funny to this day, but the only thing I could come up with is I had a diary that I started when I was 12 years old, when I went on my first whitetail deer hunt. Well, wow. had so much fun over that weekend, I didn't want to forget it. So I wrote all the story down just from that weekend in, that, in the diary. I went back for second weekend at deer camp. I couldn't believe how much fun I had again. So I came home and I wrote it again. Well, I nice. kept it until I was 30 years old of all my hunting and fishing stuff. And that moment, that lady said, I don't know what it means, but go figure it out. But I think there's something special there. Nobody else has a diary like that. Hmm. I left totally unknown of what to do. And I told, happened to tell a friend of mine, I said, well, now I'm on this journey. I've got this diary I got to deal with. She goes, oh, you should meet with me. I have no idea what you're talking about. She goes, I don't know. Maybe you want to write stories about your adventures. I said, hey, I'm up to anything. I'll go meet your mom. So I met her mom. She gave me a half an hour of her time over lunch break. And then that half an hour changed my whole life. Her wow. energy excitement for writing was so much fun I basically got down and she goes oh time's up I showed you all the steps it takes to write a book you have no reason right not to go and try to write one book and she knew I was out of a job and had nothing better to do yeah so I couldn't say else that day and I got in the car and called my wife said honey I'm gonna try to write a children's book and basically it was silence on the line she kind of laughed at me <laughs> I had no idea that I was even interested in doing that but I took her challenge I went home, I grabbed my diary. It was pretty, it seemed easy to me. I said, I'm going to write about my first white-tailed deer hunt. Mm -hmm. I sat down basically the next day and started writing the swamp about my first white-tailed deer hunt. When I started writing, I always loved telling stories. I didn't realize that that's all I was really doing on the computer. I ripped it out in about two weeks, wrote 56 pages. Wow. I sent it off to Allison. I think I wrote a book. She went this. And I said, because it was on my mind. I didn't have any idea what to do about it. She said, you need a lot of work. But I uh, finished it another year to get the editing done and find an illustrator and do the whole book. And that is how I started writing books. It's kind of a crazy adventure. That is. Wow. There's something about that first white-tailed deer hunt that uh, it just never goes away. You remember it, replay it in your mind. It's just something special. But it's so cool that you got to take those childhood memories and then put them into, into book form. It's fantastic. I had to be scary yes. in your, in your forties, you know, early forties, I'm, I'm inching closer and closer to 40, but it had to be, <laughs> had to be scary for you, not knowing what to do. And then this new venture of being a writer. I mean, who becomes a writer when they're forties? I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, okay. So it wasn't scary at all for me because I sold my business and I actually had a, a little bit of money in the bank. So it was okay. And I bought myself some time, but where it was scary was, was for my wife because yeah. Once, you know, it's more of that security thing. I always believe I was driven to do something and I didn't know what it was, but I gave myself the opportunity to explore all options. And when I found writing, it was unbelievable how natural it was for me and how much fun. And I, once I started, I couldn't stop. So the tricky part was, is that for the first six, seven years, I was doing something I loved doing. I wasn't making much money at all doing it, but I just couldn't stop. Mm -hmm. And so I kept rolling with it. I kept telling my financial planner and my wife, don't you worry. One day this is all going to work out. And they kind of shook their head going, really? Are you sure you don't want to go get another job or something? I said, no, this is too much fun. So I, I, I really believe that everything happens for a reason. I try to explain it to kids a lot. And you and the faithful understand that, that 
I believe God put me in this position, built me up to learn all these fun things when I was a kid. And as I was growing up, I, I went on these really fun hunting, fishing adventures, very fortunate and lucky. I thought I was simply having fun doing it. No way. I was out there. Every time I went back, I would come home with a story. And my line is, you can't make it up. This is what happened to me. And I really believe it all kept happening to me so I could write the books and keep Man, it. That's so cool. That's it took me a long time to figure that out, but yeah. you're Fantastic. Now you also do seminars. I've seen a little bit here and there of you being at schools and different things like that. Tell us about that as well. Yeah. So when I first did the swamp, then my local, my kids, teachers all heard I wrote a book. Well, they all wanted me to come into the schools and they wanted me to read the book to the kids. I did that, but I quickly realized, come on, there's got to be more to this. And then after I got a few more books done, I said, I need to change it up and do a presentation. I want to inspire kids. I don't just want to read to them. That has evolved into being way more fun for me than anything else. I go into the schools now with a presentation where we educate the kids, but we also entertain them. I show them what it takes to get a book published. We talk about the editing process and how important that is for the kids, picking a story you love, how then it makes it so much easier to write those stories. So we educate the kids on that, but then I jump into the stories and I, oh my God, I get into it. When I talk about the muddy elk, I'm on my hands and knees and explaining to them that that elk walked right up to me. And I just love to explain the kids how fun it is that I got to experience it. And what I have found is that it creates a reading frenzy in the schools because by the time I'm done, and I, trust me, I made the mistake by telling the end of Fish On once. The grader walked up to me and said, I was halfway through the book. You just ruined it for me. I'm like, <laughs> oh no. So he gave me a beautiful lesson. I get right up to the magical point of that cliffhanger and then I hit the brakes and the louder the kids scream at me, the more I know I got them hooked that now they have to read the story. So then I also changed it up and I go in there for some reason at the very beginning, I decided I wear the hat and I put on my outdoor gear and I got cowboy boots. And then I bring all my game calls in and I do turkey calls, deer calls, elk calls. And I let the kids guess what kind of animal it is. And then I show live video of those animals. And that has been a highlight. It's called the Animal Call Challenge. Teachers will go, are you kidding me? I've never seen an animal do that. Everyone thinks they know what a turkey sounds like until I actually show them on video. It looks like they're laughing and all this stuff. Anyway, yeah. I really have fun when I go into schools with the kids to simply fire them up to want to read these books when I leave, but also be excited about the outdoors and hopefully want to go out there and one day see an elk bugling or see a turkey gobble. Yeah. That's really been fun for me. That's great. Now, I grew up in the woods, but didn't grow up hunting. So my grandfather had a huge farm with hundreds of acres, or I think like 170 acres. And we had free reign to run around and play. And, you know, I had my little 22, Winchester 22 that I could shoot. And now I look back, I was just a little kid running around shooting a little 22, shooting birds <laughs> and stuff. And I, I didn't have a, I didn't, but I didn't grow up in a hunting family. So we grew up in the woods, but not hunting. Now, I also didn't grow up reading. My mother was a teacher. My, my father worked Department of Corrections. And my love for reading didn't start until my early 20s. And so and now, fast forward, I'm now freshly into a year and a half now of hunting and I just, or a year of hunting, and I, I loved it. And it's, I've got two boys and, you know, it's been a perfect timing because I've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And so we, we've been hunting and fishing like crazy. Now I'm trying to recruit people into this saying, hey, listen, I, since I didn't grow up into this, I'm trying to recruit others who didn't grow up doing it into this. So you're in this recruitment, rec rec like this recruiting mode as well. It seems like you're recruiting kids to reading 
and kids who didn't grow up like you did, didn't grow up hunting and fishing into the woods. So why, why this passion? Why do you want kids reading? I mean, I, 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 there's some big answers to that, I'm sure. But, uh, but also, why are you trying to recruit people into the woods and in, into the rivers to, to hunt and fish? Well, as I said before, I believe everything happens for a reason. I truly believe that God put me on this planet just to simply give back. And what I've found is my gift is I, I really connect well with kids and I really connect well in the outdoors. So the, it's, it's funny. I didn't like reading as a kid. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, if somebody would have gave me a fish on book, I would have gone, are you kidding? This is, but somehow the magic never got sparked in me. So I kind of fought it and battled it. Um, so number one, when I started getting these books written into kids' hands, and all of a sudden I got these responses back, and trust me, I truly have a gal now, Kelly, who's amazing, almost full-time is keeping up with people's responses on social media and emails, thanking us for getting reluctant readers to read. Like, my, you know, my eight-year-old hated reading, and now he begs me every night to read one of your books. I'm like, you got to be kidding. Awesome. Super humbling for me, but it was totally unexpected. Well, I believe again, I can't turn down, this is a gift God gave me, so I can't stop now not motivating kids to read because obviously it's super important. And my message when I go into the schools is to explain to the kids, you realize that every time you finish a book, you just get smarter. So it doesn't matter what book you pick up, pick up and keep reading for the rest of your life. And that's a message I want to say, but this was something that just fell in my lap. I, reading was not that important to me for a long time. When I was in business, yeah, I read a lot about business world, but not kind of enjoying life or just figuring it out. So it fell into my lap. I believe I'm obligated now to really motivate those kids. Now it takes them into the hunting world. It kills me that now I, I got trained as a mentor in Minnesota to help the DNR. That's our Department of Natural Resources get kids involved in hunting. Okay. Problem with that is it's very challenging because when opening deer hunting comes, I'm at my hunting property with my family and it's really tough. And we bring in new people here and there, but you can't imagine how many moms I've had ask me, will you please take my kid out turkey hunting? And I'm like, ah, I would love to, but mm -hmm. time. And so it's a challenge, but I love doing it. And I've introduced a numerous amount of dads and their kids to fit right. uh, canning for sure. It's been, it's turned into be one of the coolest sports because in the spring, there's not much else going on. And for where I am in Minnesota, none of our neighbors turkey hunt. They've all given me free reign to hunt their property. When I tell wow. them, adds up. We got like 3,000 acres to wander around. So it made it really fun. And I wish I could bring up more and more people. And I, I like I said, I kind of do, but it's limited because all of a sudden you bring up two or three dads. Well, they don't want to stop coming. So right. bring it up more. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's, that's what it is. I believe in, in full circle. It, it's just a gift I've been given. So I'm, I feel obligated to pass that on and keep on motivating kids, whether it's the hunting or the reading. I've just been having a blast doing it. That's so cool. Now you've written, I think, 11 books now. Is that right? I have 12. Because 12. My latest book, which is, again, unbelievable, but I wrote a book called Grandma Introduced Me to My Friend Jesus. Yeah. For 12, I, I decided to throw it on my website with my hunting and fishing books because I didn't really know what else to do. Yeah. So it's about to be my number one selling book for sure of, my, of a launch. It's only been out for about a month now unbelievable the response i've had from my own readers that just said hey because you wrote another one and this isn't lucky luke this is kevin in the book it's kind of funny right. but yeah so now that's number 12 and then with the quarantine thing that's been going on i've gotten a little bit crazy now and I'm, i think i've now written three my poor editor doesn't know how to keep up right now <laughs> so i've got three new books written 
my illustrator I'm pulling out, she's got a young daughter at home, so she's trying to homeschool her daughter. And she's like, whoa, 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 really? I said, yep, I need to get covers down. We got to get them. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so I got her on. So there's been a lot more books in the works. But yes, okay. there's 12 books on my website. That's so cool. Now, right now, as we're doing this interview, it's May. We're going to be doing a giveaway and a partnership with you in June for all of the books. And so my audience, again, is primarily pastors. And a lot of pastors that are listening in are around my age or have young children in the home. But if I've seen the statistics right, there's only, I think, like four to six percent of the population of our country now is hunting and maybe more fishing. But hunting licenses are only going to like four percent of people. And there's been a decline over the last few decades. And what I'm hoping is we get these books, your books, in the hands of at least one you know, one pastor who's going to be reading that maybe it's not just my household. It's another household that's beginning uh, to hunt and fish, but I'm, I'm with you on this wanting to get people out in the woods. Um, the pastoral life, if you don't know, can be a sedentary existence where um, there's a lot of books. There's a lot of study. There's a lot of office meetings and coffee. And what I want to encourage guys to do is, Hey, you can have coffee. I'm sure you've had a lot of coffee meetings with people and that can be really fun. But even in a local, even in a the neighborhood, there's ponds to fish in. There's, you know, in Minnesota, it's, it's, I'm sure a little bit different than here, but we have a pond right down from my house. And what I've begun to do is invite guys over and it's kind of like, forget coffee. Let's go fishing for some largemouth bass and let's just get out and have fun as we meet. And, uh, and so your books have really inspired my kids. They love your books already. We fish on was the first book that we've read, mm -hmm. but I'm just so thankful to partner with you because I'm, I'm in this with you of wanting to recruit people into this. Let's get out, let's hunt, let's fish, let's explore outside. Um, there, it's a beautiful world out there that God has made. It is. And, and the, the mentoring Minnesota has worked really hard trying to figure out how to get those numbers up. Cause you're right. It's unbelievable. So they had a really big push about three, four years ago with mentors like me trying to get kids involved in the outdoors. Mm -hmm. Big meeting and found out somebody looked at him and said, I think you're missing the boat here. You need to recruit 30 to 40 year old men. Yeah. Have a little bit of money that can, that can actually go out and buy the equipment and bring their kids out. So they have changed it, Minnesota, and they've got a beautiful mentorship program now that they're trying to get guys just like you show you how to get out there and turkey hunt, show you how to catch a large mall fast. And then once you get excited, you're bringing your kids along because that's what it takes. Yeah. They have those mentors to bring people out. That's good. Okay. So let's just say somebody that's, that's listening in a pastor from Indiana who didn't grow up hunting or fishing. And here you are, you've got a grandfather, two grandfathers that had hunting and fishing cabins that you went to every year. So you just grew up. You can't even remember. You said your first fish, but this guy's 36. And he doesn't know where to start. So where does somebody like that who has two or three kids, where do they, where do they, how do they start getting their kids excited about, you know, even reading, hunting, fishing, where do they go? How do they start? Well, that's a great question. And now we're, we're kind of brainstorming here, but in Minnesota, I'll speak for that. We have okay. got beautiful websites set up by the department of natural resources all on how to, and their new program, you know, it's how to get outside, how to fish, how to hunt. It's a whole beautiful program and what they've also done is they're trying to designate land even and weekends where people mentors will take people out so that would be number one i'd tell people to jump on their their local website and find out what their community is doing their local department of natural resources i guarantee are doing something to get kids involved and parents 
The other thing would be to find out we've got, a, in Minnesota, we're really lucky, we've got some beautiful big camps, that there's even weekend camps, three, four day camps, that they'll take kids out and teach the high flying and bass fishing and, and how to cast a fly rod, all these different things. Archery is really big in Minnesota, the Archery in Schools program. So I would think all those ways can help. Now the thing is, you're 36 years old, you're not sure about the hunting and fishing, find out if you can get a, a part of your local, there, every state has got a local deer hunter association. Every state has a local community of probably a pheasants forever, bass fishing associations, all these little deals. If you can connect into those people and get one person to take you out, you need that mentor to just help you figure it out. So I think those are some really good ways to do it. Other than that, I'll tell you what, I've had a lot of, again, for some reason, the moms reach out a lot and say, what do we do? My, my dad hunts, but he's not, oh my goodness, really? Go find grandma and grandpa. If grandpa would take the kids out, awesome. And then dad, go along and figure it out and see what's going on. But mentorships are really important. And, and in Minnesota, it's kind of tricky also. We got a lot of state land. I don't know about you down there, but it's really cool if you can find somebody willing to take you on their private land because it tends different and they, they they tend to help you a little bit more if they're going to bring you on their own property and show you around yeah so there's a number of ways to do it find some clubs find a group that maybe you can get together with uh we've got some really interesting groups in minnesota that have just found, said we're going to get together and go and learn this one of the groups they go out and they learn how to uh make their own uh maple syrup oh they yeah tournament they go hire guides and they go out and bass fish you know it's a group of guys that said we want to learn how to do this they go pheasant hunting, do a game farm. So they've got a coordinator that, believe it or not, sets these things up. And these guys are all learning how to do this stuff. So hopefully that's a handful of ways to try to get somebody out there and involved. But it takes a little bit of work, a little bit yeah. of But there's a lot of opportunities, I think, out there to learn how to do it. Fantastic. And I would add, I, I, I had a gentleman in his 60s, a great friend of mine at our church that kind of took me under his wing and he let me use his gun in Illinois to, to Whitedale deer hunt. You have to shoot with a shotgun. So we get rifle bore shotgun barrels. And, um, he took me on his private property and let me, sh let me shoot out of his deer stand and, and he did all the scouting work beforehand. And so that I, I can attest to the fact that mentors can really help guide and really light a fire in you because he's still excited about hunting and fishing and he's been doing it for, I mean, 30, 40, 50 years. And so you, you find those mentors and they can really show you the ropes. Okay. So, uh, listeners loving this, want to find out more, where can they find out more about your work and where can they go to buy the set of your books or uh, individual books? Where can they find out more about what you're doing? Yeah. KevinLoveGreen.com is my website and love greens easy L O V E G R E E N. But KevinLoveGreen.com is where it is. Uh, with the COVID thing, I used to sell some books on Amazon, and now I can't even ship them to Amazon, so they're not even available there anymore. Mm. But at, yeah, I've got all my presentation information there. I've got the books that are definitely there. Right now, we're discounting the books. We usually give a discount on the full set, and right now, we're doing free shipping. Just keep this, you know, keep the thing rolling and get books in the kids' hand while they're home in quarantine because, <laughs> again, I guess it's been a, it's, it was just magical for me. There's so many negatives that have happened with the quarantine. Huge positive for me. Books are still shipping beyond crazy because kids are all home begging for something to do and parents are saying thank you for putting a book in their, in their hands that they want to read. So yeah, KevinLoveGreen.com is where you can find them all. Well, Kevin, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, just thanks. Keep doing what you're doing. Press on. Thank you very much.
Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.